Hi, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection of humans and technology. My name is Guthrie, and I am here with Susan. Hello, Hello Susan. Hi. And we are going to talk about lots uh, of fun technology stuff, mainly technology curves. I think that's I think that's the topic for today. Um, so first, before we start, if uh, you should your homework for today is to tell another person about the podcast. It's free, and we don't even have ads, so there's no reason you shouldn't recommend it to everyone. And um, if you want extra credit, <laughs> yeah, extra credit. Ra- rate us on uh, iTunes or Overcast or wherever it is you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Okay, so um, today we're gonna we're talking about technology curves, and essentially what that is is people have tried to take theories of technology broad swaths about various aspects of technology and 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 say that each technology for example like augmented reality goes through a um goes through common patterns and similarities in terms of a spe- well i w- i'm especially interested in like a path in in the in adoption curves or just the I this started when I asked you the question why is it that humans we humans seem to adopt some technology really quickly and others were really resistant to and you know why is it that 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 different technologies have such a different um, pattern and you said they don't right so okay so first Really, this is the um, the poli sci, the political science of technology. So I don't know how familiar. You, like I said, you we you uh, as as we talked before we started. Um, I asked if you knew anything about political science, and I told you I started college majoring in it, but that didn't last very long. So I yeah. know a little bit about political science, not a lot. So I'm an econ major, and so we, you know, we kind of get along with poli sci majors, but not really. Um, but <laughs> I didn't think anybody got so, along with poli sci majors. <laughs> I think, especially poli sci majors, they if don't. If someone's really... a poli sci major, I bet we're gonna hear from them. I took a lot of poli sci classes. You so, did? Ah, yeah, I was thinking about being a poli sci major, but wow. I mean, econ and poli sci are kind of they're in the same ballpark. Why? Why uh, do you say that? Well, one's about the economy and the other's about the economy, but actually is backed by science. Dare I ask which one is mm-hmm. which? So, <laughs> uh, so, so political science is kind of like you look at these patterns and you look at how the world is structured, right? And how humans do things. And then you try and create reasonable, you try to create artificial structures around those so the example is right so like there's all these so diplomacy is just two countries talking that's all that's all it is you know it's not like like an atom you know it's it's just kind of a made-up thing yeah that we humans made up but you know as a poli sci you know person would do they'd look at it as like okay well these kind of they create categories right so you have your soft diplomacy your hard diplomacy there's like you know theories of comparative power um you know and like each there's you know each of these little schools of thought about why the world is the way it is okay um and so these little technology curves are very much the same 
where people look at technology and they go, well, why, you know, is there an overarching theory that explains adoption rates or explains how excited something is? Um, so, I, and, and, and there is. People have come up with these sorts of things. Are they? Well, okay. So I have a bunch of questions. Uh-huh. Uh, are there different technology curves? Are some technology adoption yeah. curves are some more accurate than others and oh well do they i mean so can we i'm not going to talk to you about accuracy because that's a that's an economics question i can't answer that but i can but let's let's talk about some of the different curves okay but but you are an economist so i was hoping you could answer this you, well that's what but i said this is the political science of technology this wasn't the economics of technology hmm. okay go ahead talk about some of these curves is it first of all is it true that uh, do you really think it's true that adoption of technology is pretty much the same no matter whether we're talking about people buying electric cars or people getting on the latest social well, media let's, software let's, or... let's back up and explain a couple things okay all right yeah so i'm getting i'm getting my my graphs up here so which we can't see no, I know, and that's going to be really fun. Um, but I, but it's pretty. But I can explain it pretty pretty easily. Okay. So when we talk about technology, I'm not saying that every technology goes through the same place at the same time. It's not like they all follow each other exactly. Okay. Um, but it's kind of more like like a butterfly, right? Like there are these there are these phases you go through, right? And then there right, and then you get up to the point, and then there's you're in the metamorphosis, right? And then you're then you're a butterfly, right? Like they're like you just it goes it kind of like goes through this progression. So you're saying the stages are basically the same. The stages every technology goes through the same how stages. How long each stage is? Yes. Do you and they always go through in the same order? Yes. Okay. So here's here's the first theory. Okay. Okay. It's called the technology adoption curve. Okay. Um, Everett Rogers did this in his book Diffusion of Innovations. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so for those of you there in in uh, in podcast land, podcast land, I am describing a bell curve. Well, okay. Okay. Um, and so you assume everybody knows what a bell curve is. What is a bell curve? Now, oh, 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 oh. So this is good. So one of us here actually taught statistics <laughs> on the collegiate level. I wonder who that was. I don't know who was it. It was me. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. So, so you, you. Oh are, man! Now you you're explaining bell spot. curve to the audience, Miss uh, Miss Professor. Um, the bell curve is named after Alexander Bell. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, I just couldn't help it. Okay, I'll stop. Ah, being silly. <laughs> The bell curve is a curve that is shaped like a bell. With a flat bottom and a rounded top. has a flat bottom and then it rises pretty steeply. You could also call it a hill curve. A hill curve. And then where it, comes, it starts, yeah, yeah, it starts low and starts then Starts level and then it, then it starts to incline and then it inclines really fast and goes all the way up to the top. And then it comes down really fast and then it... It also does another, you know, uh, leveling off. Tapering off. Yeah. And now, 
the there can be all kinds of variations on the bell curve like it could it could go level for a really long time and then go all the way up and all the way down really abruptly it, hey, it, I, yeah can i ask you another question that's yeah. very related to this yeah what's a standard deviation oh my gosh okay i can answer that question and i, I will. know you can and i will in a moment let me finish talking about the bell curve because because the the length and increase yeah, of the hill has to do with the standard is deviation. dependent on yeah, the standard deviation. Okay, we'll come back to that. So, um, so you can have a, a bell curve that has like the same amount of level stuff on the left side as it does on the right side, or it can it can have a lot more, uh, you know, level on the left or versus the right, or or it can be the other way around. You now can have this, a bell curve that rises really gradually, uh, going up to the top has, of the hill. Yeah, has a little of a hump, and, and then, then kind of comes, comes down, back or in. you can be really sharp. And so, what it's describing, you're describing. Um, Oh, you're describing... It's an area under a curve. Yeah. So let's say, for so, okay. instance... But, let's... but let me let me, let me me just but. say one quick thing. What? The technology adoption curve is is a, is it's an equal bell curve, right? So if you drew a line in, at the 50% line right in the middle, yeah, the area under the curve is to the left is 50%, and the area under the curve to the right is 50%. It's very so, even. So, yes. So, right. So, you could fold it in on each other, and very, it would Yeah, very would symmetrical. This, this one in particular. It's a symmetrical bell curve. Not yeah. all bell curves are symmetrical, but this one is. So, the idea is that if you were to plot uh, measurements of anything, let's just say we're going to um, take measurements of how tall all the... Uh, uh, children in grade seven in the U.S. are right. Okay, mm -hmm. and we're going to take measure how tall every all the children in grade seven are, and we're going to um, plot that plot that um, on, on on the and the x-axis, which is the one that goes from left to right. Right on the left would be the kids who were shortest. Right. Right. Like you know, I don't know three feet i don't know how yeah and then right? on the and, and then and then on the far right would be the kids who are in seventh grade and are seven and, feet and tall. picture this for each inch you add a dot and mm -hmm. if there's two kids at that inch site you put a dot on top of each other mm -hmm. right so at 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 the inches say four feet where there's a lot of kids that will be the highest point right of, of the, the hill curve. The right curve. of the hill and if Another you did that to, you'd probably i mean i would think for height yeah it might be a little skewed one way or the other you know but, yeah but it'll probably be pretty yeah. evenly sloped right yeah. where there's some kids who are really short and then uh, there's some kids who are kind of short lots of kids who are average height and then um you know some kids who are pretty tall and then maybe a couple of kids who are like really tall right Mm -hmm. uh, the other way to think of it is area under the curve. So it's just calculus. But think of it this way. Um, you have, just think of a hill in front of you, a nice even hill. Okay, if you, if you, if you make the hill flat, right? If you use a bulldozer and you just take out all the dirt, right? Mm -hmm. that, have, that makes the hill, mm -hmm. you have a certain amount of dirt. So that's the area under the curve. So let's say, for example, you only take the dirt out of half of the hill, mm -hmm. right? That's a certain amount of dirt. You have a certain area, a certain volume, a certain number of things, 
okay? And depending on what part you take out, that is the kind of, that's, that's the, per, the percentage um, of people in basically in that, in that section, in that percentile. Um, now, if you want me to explain standard deviation, yeah, here's my example of that. Mm-hmm. So if we took, if we did measure the height of everyone in seventh grade in the U.S., Though, let's, can we make it, can we just please make it just like of all adults because then we're using actual measurements that we can talk about? Well, no, because I'm purposely going to use that as my comparison. Okay, yeah, do that then. Okay, so if we take the height of everyone in the U.S. who's in seventh grade, right? Mm -hmm. Um, let's, Let's make up some numbers here. Let's say the average height is five feet yeah i don't know if that's true we're just going to say it is the average height of everyone in the seventh grade is five feet and let's say that um that's the average however we have some some people who are three feet tall not very many of those and some people who are seven feet tall not very many of those right Mm -hmm. and everyone's going to clump around this you know four to five foot area if we took each person and measured them and we um, we got the difference between their height and the average right Mm -hmm. so let's say you know Johnny is four feet tall the average is five feet tall so the difference is a foot right and let's say uh, Marianne is five feet two inches tall the average is five feet the difference there is two inches right Mm -hmm. and so we take those for each person that we measure each child that we measure we take that difference between their height and the average so that's called the deviation it's the deviation from the average Mm -hmm. so now we take that deviation measurement Okay, one foot, two inches, three inches, four inches, uh, eight inches. We add that all up and we get the average of those deviations. And let's say we find out that um, we know that the average height is five feet, but the average amount that, that people deviated from five feet is six inches. Okay. Okay. So we now have five feet or 60 inches is the average, and we now have that six inches is the standard deviation. That's what a standard deviation is. It's the average amount that the people in that population deviate from the average. Now let's take instead, let's say we were not measuring seventh graders, okay? Let's say we're measuring everyone in the US from babies all the way up to old people. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's alive and is in the US, okay? Yeah. Now our average height is probably more than five feet in that case, right? I don't know what the average height is of people in the US, but let's say it's It's like- It's it's five foot eight for men and five foot two for women. All right, and then what would it be for everybody? Let's say it's five, six. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just say five, five. Yeah, five, six, five, 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 six, five, five. 
So now we have, you know, the average height of everybody in the U.S. is five feet, six inches tall. Um, but now we probably have a lot more variability, deviation, than we did when we were just looking at the seventh graders. Because we're now going to have babies who are, you know, what, a foot tall, you know, mm -hmm. to maybe two feet tall. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we have a whole bunch of adults, some of which are, you know, a lot of which are more than five feet, right? So we're going to have our average, but we're going to have a, a lot more variability in that group, a lot more deviation. We can expect our standard deviation for that group of data to be, what, more or less than it was for the seventh graders? More variable. More variability. So we have, um, if we looked at the curve of, the seventh graders versus the curve of everybody. The curve would look the same, but the numbers would be much stretched out. Um, you mean the curve would look the same in that it would... It would be the same shape. It would be probably. the same shape. It would probably be pretty even, right? Yeah, right. Uh, but maybe the numbers... Not, maybe not, though, because, well, it depends. If you had more young people than old people, right, the curve yeah. might move one way or another. But it would be more stretched out. It's well, not, not going to be as steep a curve. Let me say something that's just very important, though, about deviation, okay? What? The other way to think about standard deviation yes. is that you can think of one standard deviation. Yeah. So if start at the middle, okay? And let's yeah. assume that we have a, a, a curve that's symmetrical, yeah. okay? Yeah. If you go one standard deviation to the left yeah. and to the right, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's two-thirds, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I don't it's, know. You got me there. I, I believe it's 33 okay. percent. You've so, gone, you've gone a big way. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so if you if you go one standard deviation away yeah. from the center, yeah, on the left hand side, yeah, it will include 33 percent of yeah. the entire group, right? Okay. One third. Mm -hmm. On the right hand side, it will cover another 33 percent. Okay. So. So so two thirds of everyone is always within one standard, one standard deviation. deviation of the mean. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Right. The two standard deviations, if I'm not mistaken, is like ninety, like seven point five percent, I think. Yeah. And I don't know the exact number. I'm sorry. Right. So right. So now you're including everyone. And not from what you know, not one third of all the people on one side, but uh, that's going to be forty, like forty-eight percent, like forty-seven point five percent on one side, and another forty-seven. Yeah. So for you, what you're side. saying is, if for instance, if we said that the average height of the average seventh grader was five feet. And that the standard deviation was six inches, I think we said. That would mean that um, two thirds of two all the people thirds of all the people would be fall within six inches of the mean because right. two thirds either is one between, standard deviation away. They're between four foot six inches yep. and five foot six inches. Exactly, and then we can say that ninety eight percent of all the people fall within one foot. 
of the mean because it's two standard deviations four away, which is 12 inches. and six feet. And then we can say that it's like 99.8% <laughs> of all people fall within three standard deviations right. of the curve. So, so, so it's one is like a third on one side. Then it's like, right. Uh, right. Then it's, then there's like, you know, like 90. It's, so it's like, so it's like 60% within one, 97.5% within two, and then like 99.8%. Okay. Now that two. we've had our statistics lesson, mm -hmm. are we done with our whole, what, why are we doing this? Because because it's important to under to, to look at this when you look at the technology adoption curve. All right, so tell us about the technology adoption. So we're taking that same bell curve that we had, right? Symmetrical yeah. bell curve, okay? Yeah. And let's think um, of the uh, of of the little bit two standard. So we're on the far left side, right? Yeah. Anything that's greater than two standard deviations. So these are the little outliers. Yeah. On the far left. Okay. Yeah. So these are the people who, uh, I no, don't no. even, yeah. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain this curve. Okay. Yeah. On the left hand side, this is the rate of adoption of okay. a adoption of a technology. Yeah. Okay. So on the left, no one has adopted it. Zero percent. Okay. And on the far right, now everyone has adopted it. Oh, so it. this is not equal. Is it it's equal? A, it's a bell oh, curve. Oh, I see. I see you're just what you're saying. On the far left, no one has adopted it. So right? can can we give an example of a technology? No, just pick one. Any technology. Cell phones. Okay. Okay. So the first. So so when you go from basically no one, okay. No one has a cell phone. Up to two standard deviations away. So it's two point five percent of people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a very small number. Yeah. Those are the innovators. Okay. So these are the people in the labs that are trying out the cell phones. No, 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 no. This these is are no. We're talking about technology adoption. Oh, right. okay. So this so 2. it 5, exists. Two point five percent of America is still like six million people. Okay. So this is when cell phones first came out, and the, the hold, just hold on, hold on. Yeah. These are the innovators. Okay. okay. The risk takers who have yeah. the resources and desire to try new things, new even gadgets. if they fail. They want to try the new stuff out. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So those are okay. They're called innovators. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's everything to the left of two standard deviations. Okay. All right. All right. Now let's go everything to the left of one standard deviation. Okay. So this is yeah. about. So you add another thirteen percent of people. S still a small number. Those are called the early adopters. All right. Okay. Yeah. They're selective about which technologies they start using. They yeah. are considered the the one to check in with for new information and reduce others' uncertainty about a new technology by adopting it. Okay. Okay, so once you move through the innov innovators and yeah. the early adopters, yeah. then you hit everything now to the left of the mean, which is the middle. Okay. Okay. Which is called the early majority. Okay. It's a third of all people. They take their time before adopting a new idea. They're willing to embrace a new technology as long as they understand how it fits with their lives. Okay. So I'm probably an early adopter. You're probably an early majority. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe. And then, yeah. The next, right? So one standard deviation now to the to the right of the mean. Yeah. Right. These are peop the people who come later. It's another third. Okay. It's called the late majority. They adopt in reaction to peer pressure, emerging norms, or economic necessity. Okay. Most of the uncertainty around the idea must be resolved before they adopt. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. 
They're fine. Um, they're finally uh, everyone else has one. They'll get one too. Right. So so you know think of someone in your life who is you know who didn't get a smartphone until like three years ago. Okay. Yeah. And then the last, and then to the, you have the the rest of it, right to the right, which is yeah. another sixteen percent, are called the laggards. Yeah. They're traditional and make decisions based on past experience. They're often economically unable to take risks on new ideas. They're the people who maybe just got an iPhone last year or still don't have one. And then you have the people all the way at the, yeah, the, the last in little the crevice of the curve yeah, who it, don't have a cell phone. Well, no. This would only be people who did, though, right? Well, so someone is, no, 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 this is technology adoption. So it there might be some people who, yeah. so these are the people at the very end are the people who don't have one. And so if you think of, so people to the far right, right? Yeah. So that's everyone to the right of two standard deviations. Yeah. Okay, that's 2.5% of Americans. Again, yeah. that's about 6 million people. They're just, they're, they're stuck in their ways. They're never going to do it. Or they don't have the money. Yeah, what, whatever it is, they yeah. don't adopt they don't adopt the technology. So okay. maybe maybe they never get there. Okay. So that's the technology adoption curve. And it's and it kind of it it illustr it it gives the gives the pattern for how each technology then grows. Right? It has to go technology has to go through each of the each of these phases of adopters. So pick another technology. Well, let's pick one can we pick one that's I anyone. Just pick one. Uh, electric cars. Okay, right. So you had so well electric car. So so the thing is is that the time frames can be very very different, right? So we'll we'll get to that. But right, so we had the innovators, right? And the innovators are probably people who, um, you know, were using like. Well, are we uh, talking we, we have about a, we have all a, electric cars, or are we talking about hybrids? We're t I'm no, talking, uh, we're talking all electric. Just, just electric, not yeah. hybrids. Yeah. Okay, all electric, yeah. no gas. Um, you have, you probably have people, uh, uh, you know, Ned comes to mind. No, he doesn't have all electric. He's a hybrid. People like Ned. <laughs> <clears throat> um, who, you know, maybe in the 90s were trying some weird stuff. Definitely innovators. When the first Tesla came out. Yeah. The Tesla Roadster. Yeah. Right? Those are the innovators, okay? Yeah. And so for the entire history of electric cars have been in the innovator stage. Right. We might still be in the innovator stage. Right. I would argue yeah. that with the Chevy Bolt coming out and with the Tesla uh, Model 3, which is their Suppo Everman. Supposedly yeah. affordable. <laughs> No, it will be. It well, well. So, so the so the the Chevy Bolt is thirty seven thousand before tax credits. After tax, they'll put about thirty thousand, which is expensive. But you got to remember, you don't need to ever replace the oil, and you now, don't need to buy a, gas for it. A Bolt with a B. Yes, the Volt now, with a do V. You, do you want to tell me why they would? Because because two of the most difficult letters to distinguish auditorially are B as in boy, and V, as in victory. So why would they label one car the Chevy Volt and the other one the Chevy Bolt when they sound alike? And if you say them quickly, Chevy Bolt, you say Chevy Bolt, you don't know which one someone has said. Because they're dumb. If I was doing it, I would have done the E-Volt, but 
But that sounds evil. Okay, that's fine. They could market it as evil. <laughs> yeah, I, I will come up with a different one. All right. So anyway, the Chevy Bolt, which is just now, as we're as we're recording this, this is... it's Yeah, this it'll come out next in, year, uh, as will September the... of 2016. So yeah. the Bolt is going to be available at yeah, the... It's a, it's a 2017 model car, so it'll come out at sometime the end of this next year. year. Very soon. Uh, yeah, pre- pretty soon, um, I think. If I, if and I it's correctly. all electric. Yeah, 230-mile range. But... But we don't know if it's any good. Tesla has been making cars that very consistently get 200 to 50, 50 mile range for years now. And their Model 3, they've been pre-ordering it for a while. It'll probably come out sometime next year as well. So maybe Q2, Q4, sometime, sometime next year. Um, <clears throat> so when that happens, people who buy that are probably early adopters. So even though electric cars, the idea has been a lot around for a while. And in fact, the first automobiles way back in the day in like 1910 were actually electric before they, they were bef- yes the first car the first cars were electric it was actually the in- invention of the combustion engine that was the revolution that was a new thing no one ha- they didn't have combustion engines so the first cars were electric how funny is that yeah so like in a different world instead of this whole thing of oil we just they made battery tech better and we would have just you've been using electric cars for forever all right but i have a question yes which is kind of what led us to start talking about this topic anyway is this Mm -hmm. idea uh, i think we rationalize stuff when when we're not ready to like the all right, so so if you ask people, well, this is just the first curve we're talking about. There are many other curves. This is just the first one. But you, but 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 this you you asked about technology adoption. Oh well, then I want to talk about some of the other curves. But okay, I want to ask. An, but I want to ask a question first, which is, uh-huh. if you at you know some the 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 people who are talking about the Chevy Bolt. Bolting. Know, they did some. Um, research about you know why are people reluctant to go totally electric and um i think one of the main things that people talk about is well they need the car to be able to go you know hundreds of miles before charge and yet the research shows that in 90 percent of the time in a given day you know or before charge we don't go hundreds of miles you know we go we need to go 50 miles but we think we need more right well i have so much pushback but you can't believe but okay yeah. you, you don't believe that data oh uh, no i believe the data but i so you're referring to an article that you read that in some ways Right. The idea is, well, people should be buying electric cars, but consumers are stupid because they think they need to to use that. I would push back. Yeah. And I would say, no, a car needs to be able to go 200, 300 miles like yeah. like a 90 percent. That's that's right. Like I understand that because it's interesting because, yes. OK, so mo- on most days, maybe you only drive 50 miles. But when you want to drive 
when you want to go on the weekend trip and drive four hours, you want to be able to do it without having, you don't want to buy a car that can, it's an interesting point. You know, we don't, but when we buy some of these items, and I don't know if it's just the large ticket items or what, you know, we're not buying them for the, for the uh, most frequent use case, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. We're if buying you look, them if you look, for all of our of use time, cases. You're not using your car, right? right. It's just sitting and, in the driveway. And, right, but we still want one, right, just in case. And right. even though we may not, drive more than you know 100 miles a day the the four times a year when we when we're when you going need on to. a trip you know that that's an important part of of our view I, of the car and i think one of the most valuable aspects of a car is the ability to just go if you need to so like if you need to go somewhere yeah you can like that, and, and I, I think that's very underrated. But here, but here's the here's the point, okay? Yeah. I think the customer is totally right, and you don't have to. And if, if you want it to last for you know a long time, it totally can. And I think the reason people haven't really wanted to buy an electric car is because there hasn't been a ca electric car under seventy thousand dollars that was any good. Like it hasn't existed, okay? But that will change next year. When you'll have two cars that will have both the the Bolt with a B and the Tesla Model Three will get well over 200 miles on a charge, and if you have a Tesla and you go to a supercharging station, um, you'll be able to charge a you get 100 miles of charge every half an hour. So, right? So, like worst case scenario is instead of going to a gas station, you just pull over and like have a cup of tea and have some lunch for half an hour, and you can go and you can drive for another hour or two. So. It seems that if you were um, trying to predict when a particular technology would make it past some of these critical adoption phases, you would need to understand not just the, okay, this is the phases that all technology goes through in terms of adoption, uh, and, and, and standard deviations and all of that. But you'd need to understand that for this particular product, you know, the so let's take the car as an example. The car, especially in, in the U.S., I don't know if this is true everywhere, is seen as, I mean, it has, it has certain values. It, it has certain associations. Uh, one is convenience. One is... Uh, freedom you know you said the idea that i can get in my car and just the go united states anywhere is a, united states is a very big place right so i want the you know if i'm going to have a car i'm getting a car you know i mean maybe not everybody but a lot of people are buying a car because they want uh, yeah. they want it to be theirs they want to be able to access it at any time they want that freedom uh they want to just go without having to think about you know where they have to stop and all of that uh you know they're not taking a train they're not taking a plane they want yeah, the freedom it's, it's groceries of the car commuting and trips and road trips that's so, right those are the three use cases so if you car. were going right so if you were going to under if you were going to put together the the critical points in the adoption curve you know you it should be you should be able to predict 
that until uh, you know, chart. You don't need special charging stations until it's it's at this price point, right? Until it goes this many miles, you're not gonna go past the you know, whatever that first level that you mentioned is yeah. early adopters or whatever. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, innovators. Yeah, you're not going to go, you're not even going to make it to early well, adopters. But we're in early adopters now. So, for example, um, for car, for electric cars, I think, I think we're right on the edge. Right. When on those the edge. two vehicles, I because agree. so, so like the Tesla Model 3, yeah, um, already has 400,000 pre orders. Yeah. So the car hasn't even been announced yet. Yeah. And they've already, like, um, 400,000 people have put down like a thousand dollar deposit to purchase the car. Yeah including people I know. So I would say we're into between, so between that and the bolt sometime next year, we will move into the early adopter phase. But you should for any, and, and maybe people are already doing this and I'm just, I just don't know, but for whatever, whatever the technology is, whatever the product is or the service, if you've done enough research, you should be able to know when you're, or not when necessarily, but what what um, what critical aspects you know have to have occurred before you get to the next spot? But is it always so predictable? I mean, I'll, I'm gonna try and throw a wrench well, in look, this. No, hold on. What? Before you do that, let's yeah. just look at some other curves that may right. that may answer your question. Okay. Right? Okay. Because we've just been talking about the adoption curve. Yeah, and there's a lot of other curves. All right, okay. what other curve? What's the next curve we're going to talk about? I want to talk about the uh, the Gartner curve of expectations. Okay. Such a great name for a curve. And this is this is for emerging tech. Okay. And this one, you have to think of a roller coaster. All right. Okay. Where it you go, you start at the bottom. And you kind of slowly chink, 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 up to the top of the hill. Up to the top. I chink right? up to the top. Right, and then you go over the top. Over the top, I go down. You go down, really and then fast. You kinda, and then you go down, but you don't go all the way. You kind of go down a bit, and then you kind of go back up and go around the curve. All right? Okay. All right. So there's more than and one curve. There are a lot of different curves. But no, no, no. But I mean, in this particular one, yeah. I, there's more than one. Because the other one, you went up, and you went down, and you were done. Yeah, but this yeah, yeah. one, you go up, and then you come down. You go down, and then some, you kind of go up again go up a, little a little bit, okay. and then you plateau. All right, so what is this describing? This this is the, describes the expectations of a technology. So on the x-axis, again, as we go from left to right, is time. Time, right? so, okay. So as we move through the roller coaster, we're moving through time. Through time, okay. And the y-axis, right, is expectations. What do you mean? The expectations. Oh, you that mean people like have, like how excited people are? How excited how, I am! The expectations I have that this is going to be, be an, awesome and a like cool technology. The world and, and yeah, okay, really cool. all right, okay. all right. And right. what happens? So so you start the first phase is the innovation trigger. What does that right? mean? So there's there's an innovation that triggers the beginning of the ride. Like uh, like. Um, I guess stay with electric cars or so, drive driverless cars. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, it's going right? to be this. You know, we we now have the capability. We have a couple prototypes have, and we're in testing. Right, and, and so okay. now I start to get excited. 
yeah, you start to get excited and just builds and builds and builds and builds as the technology kind of matures, all right? Right, and we see and this test hit, and we see that test, yeah. And then you hit the peak of inflated expectations, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so that's probably where, so, so that's maybe where we were with driverless cars like a month ago, okay? Um, and that's the tip of excitability, right? Like this is amazing. It's this gonna is amazing. It's so gonna be cool. great. It's almost right. here. I, I'm gonna be able to call up a driverless car. I'm gonna. On I'm, my I'm buying Uber. one. I'm buying one today, right? I'm buying you know, one. This, and yeah, now this is kind of lines up with the early adopters, right? So the so the so the innovators kind of maybe purchase it in the innovation trigger stage, and then peak of inflated expectations. There's all this hype, um, and then oh boy, here we go. And that's when you get the early adopters, okay? Okay. And then as the early adopters fill in, you fall down into the trough of disillusionment which is basically uh, actually they're like still all these problems and it's that not as somebody good as had thought. a crash with it and it's expensive yeah like they're not um, going to be ready yeah and virtual I'm, reality is actually it's you know, really cool but really it's just a giant like vomit comet <laughs> where you just get like headaches and nauseous and like right Okay. And then, and, and then, then, all right. So now it plummets, and nobody wants. And people, it. well, no, no, you're still higher than before, but okay. it, right, you've definitely taken the steam. People on don't the expect as much out of it. But then you have the slope of enlightenment, which is the technology matures. These are great phrases. They're, yeah, they're really the wonderful. Slope of enlightenment. Yeah. So, so the technology matures. Okay. People, people adjust their expectations. Expectations. They realize they kind of do like it even if it doesn't and it, do everything yeah but as it matures it kind of becomes more usable better okay. and they're like, oh this is kind of so this then it goes back cool. up yeah and then eventually you hit the plateau of productivity which is um which is basically uh you know like people then then it becomes a mature technology that people are yeah that's pretty cool you know, so like, and they just expect like, so where are, is that where we like are? The for internal instance? combustion engine is well, in the plateau of productivity. What about our cell phones? Uh, cell phones were still in the slope of enlightenment, I think. Okay. Um, I would, so I would argue. Now I, I'm going, but, but different technologies go through this at different times yeah, and different yeah. paces. So, different so like the slope of enlightenment for cell phones, it might be like 15 years. Or like thirty years, I don't know. So like, so like, I think we're basically in the plateau of productivity for internal combustion engines, but we're still making like advances in the internal combustion engine. People are still like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, even I mean, it's been like a hundred. It's been a hundred years. But I would think that as if electric cars really take off, then the internal combustion engine's gonna like that expectation curve is going to go down. There is one last part yeah, of this. Which is what? The cliff of obsolescence. <laughs> which is basically, so you've had your plateau of productivity. Yeah. And now something's replaced it. And, oh. the, and the expectations kind of decrease as it as it just kind of becomes so obsolete. What? So like printed newspapers, photocopiers. Oh my God, don't say that. I happen to know someone who is an editor of a printed newspaper, and you're saying. But that's... again, the, cl the, the cliff of obsolescence could be a hundred years long. You know, like right, like 
um you know so like interactive whiteboards maybe we're kind of moving past that that's probably still the plateau of productivity um but okay but here's a better example example um right so i mean so so right so so right now um internal combustion engines are on the plateau of productivity yeah but in 50 years when everyone's using electric cars right it'll be the cliff of obsolescence where people just aren't using that technology anymore um, you know, laser, you know, like like la- like a f- laser di- or physical media, like Blu-ray, Blu-ray right? Yeah. So there was the innovation trigger. People were really excited, like five, six, ten years. No, maybe well, 15, 15 years ago. How about the uh, cassette recorder? Yeah, right. So well, so like Blu-rays, right? And then you kind of it was the slope of enlightenment. Yeah. People were kind of right. Everyone's using Blu-rays for PS4. Yeah. We're into the maybe the plateau of productivity, but in ten years, when everyone streams everything, yeah, just and no Blu-ray, one is buying physical yeah, media cares, anymore, yeah. and you're, it's kind of obsolete. And so no one's fixed. So go down. do people do? Are there people out there? mapping this for various technologies yeah of course products i'm I'm, I'm literally looking at a bunch of them that map this exact thing but i mean do they do it ahead of time so that you could you could you know let's say you you're you you're a company that's making a particular product or service can you get a good handle on you know how long it's likely to be profitable and how long that that let's move on to some other curves oh we have more curves oh my god there's so many of these um all right yeah so there are there are more curves okay so now i want to talk about the s curve of innovation and it's called the s curve because it looks like an s okay all right okay now on the y uh on the x-axis yeah we have time of course we always have time so we start in the beginning and move later yeah. on the y-axis yeah we have the technology performance parameter now that doesn't sound as cool as the slope of enlightenment no it's not this is this is uh or the cliff of obsolescence yeah but but basically what this what this is is again this is the kind of rate of how great the technology is okay what do you mean? Uh, so, so like driverless cars, right? We're in the yeah. very early stages. It's kind of sucks right now. But you would imagine over the next 10 years, it'll get really good really fast. Okay. And then, you know, like, okay, like, or like internal combustion engines, right? There, there was all this innovation. Yeah. And now we're kind of like, all right, you know, we basically tapped it out. There's not, you know, we'll make some improvements here or there. But it's not like all of a sudden we're going to, like, you know, cut the amount of gas that a car needs in half, like next year. You know. Well, what does the curve of innovation do that the um, that the 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 one about uh, ex the curve of expectation so doesn't of do? Inno- okay, so you got so you uh, so the uh, the the bell curve of adoption. Yes. The Gartner curve. We had the that. Book, yeah. um, that is about that is representing how fast the technology will be adopted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You have uh, that. So that was the bell curve. Then you have the the Gartner curve, which yeah. is which is expectations. That's just how excited people are about a product. That has nothing to do with how good the product actually is. Okay. That's just excitement. Right. Okay. And then then and then you have this the, the S curve of innovation, which I'm talking yeah. about now. Yeah. Is this is this is the actual quality of the product. Okay. So we're taking humans kind of out of the equation. All right. So <laughs> okay. so in the beginning. 
you start it's called the embryonic stage or at least they the, what i'm looking at the graph i'm looking at now okay yeah and it's just the very beginning right right new invention right things are who knows Has some promise on. but we don't know where it's going right and this is and this is maybe and this is maybe as you start to ramp up okay yeah then you have you basically you have your expectations of how great the technology is moving up at a, at a steady clip right okay but the technology itself isn't really getting that much better it's too early um so that's called the technology and then you hit the technology improvement period right oh okay where uh, where the technology actually gets but, better but the way you got to think of this is it's an s right so it's kind of going pretty flat for a while yeah and then all of a sudden it just explodes up yeah right so think of cell phones yeah okay we've had cell phones since the 80s but you know like car phones and flip phones flip well even starting with flip kind of, you know in that later stage of flip phone when you first yeah. started to get like a camera in there yeah right but like car, the phones were kind of the same they weren't that great and then all of a sudden in like 10 years you go from like a nokia to shoo, we like shot up yeah right we went yeah. through flip phones and camera phones and iphones and you know, like smartphones yeah and now we're kind of basically at the top where things are still getting better but it's not like the difference between a nokia like snake phone and an iphone what came out within a couple right that was when we were in the yeah. huge swing so so the x here's the x so so when you think of expectations you got it so make a make an s right and then draw a diagonal line that cuts the s in half right like okay. you're striking it okay right so so if you look at the front half of the s yeah. That that strike you made was expectations. So the expectations grow with the technology. Okay. But the quality of the technology doesn't grow yeah. linearly. Right? So okay. in the beginning, you have these expectations of the technology that go up and up and up and up, but the technology can't match the expectations. And so what you get is you get a period of overestimation. And that's where and that's when you hit the tro the trough of disappointment or disillusionment well that's a good name right so well that's 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 from the gartner curve that i talked about oh, earlier okay. right so you so your expectations right they keep going up but but the technology hasn't caught up to it yet right yeah and then all of a sudden kind of in the middle of the technology improvement period it zips up right we all of a sudden have all these breakthroughs okay but the but the expectations now have been set on this certain path and at some point the the technology zips above expectations right and that in in the the best epitome of that of course is the iphone release right this is what a smartphone is okay it's got a little screen you know it can take some pictures right yeah and then all of a sudden boom iphone touchscreen future gps all that kind of stuff right and when you hit that then you have oh my that's the underestimation period okay where everyone's like wow like right. this is this is this is way better than any this than is, I expected. Than I expected. This is crazy. Like I can't believe this is a thing, right? And so, um, that is where you make a ton of money. <laughs> that that's where the money comes in, is when is is in that beautiful underestimation because you're because then you have a product that's better than what people's expectations of what that product can do is, and once you hit that. Now that's when you make tons and tons really? and tons of money. Yeah, but 
And then after a while, it turns you move into the mature technology period, right? So now you're kind of flatlining, right? And you're making some gains here or there, and there's still money to be had, but eh, it's kind of whatever. Now, eventually, on the tail end, if you think of your strike through, the expectation curve will run into the S again on the back end. And once you hit that, you're into aging, right? Now it's an old technology. Yeah, maybe there's there's still a market in there somewhere. So is there a way to to manipulate any of this and you know make more money by lowering expectations initially or Yeah, sure. Do people do that? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and, and a lot of problems people have is by, I mean, so you, so, so you, so you got to balance all these different things, right? So on one hand you want, um, there's another, there's a formula actually that the Verge podcast used to use that was the hype index. And it was a number you could calculate, um, uh, that, that was the, um, oh, hold on, uh, I'm trying to see. Mm. I'm having trouble finding the. Um, well, anyway, there's a hype index. Uh, yeah, they talked about the. Uh, they kind of they kind of talked about. Um, and, and it was the question was, how do you. Oh, here we go. OK, yes. Hype, a mathematical equation, right? So um, the way so, so so the way you define hype. OK, hype equals notoriety okay yeah multiplied by mystery plus exclusivity <laughs> all right i get that but what but then what do, what good all right so i now know i have a hype index of blah 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 what does what good does that do me so the hype index so hype is important because it it will move your technology adoption forward. And the other part we haven't talked mm. about it, the technology adoption is what people call the gap. And I'm sure you know you you know about the gap. Yeah, this is like um this is pretty well known in the uh in the um, Yeah, it's like cro the crossing the chasm idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, how you in, get in from uh, startup the, land. And yeah, how you get from the early adopters to the, the point chasm, where, the gap, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically basically you could you might have forever these early adopters right who are really excited yeah. about something but it doesn't hit it doesn't mainstream go, right, right and if it doesn't hit mainstream then you're not making any money right, right. and so what you need to do is you need to kind of cross this you need this to gap. up your hype index uh maybe maybe all right so, so what the so what what hype will do right yeah is it creates buzz and it may help build a bridge across that that chasm Right. and start to trickle into the mainstream. Right. So that's what Tesla did, right? Like it was just kind of a thing, but all of a sudden there's all this hype about the car and people huh. start paying attention to it. Now, I but so 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 it's all these curves basically on one plot, right? So you need the you need the hype to kind of cross the chasm, right? Yeah. But you also need uh the um right you need to so so because you want to make expectations high because you need to cross the gap so you, you it's almost like you need to build momentum to to like to jump across a, a cliff right but if you overhype 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the so the higher you so so think of think of a of a stunt biker, right? And yeah. there's a there's a there's he's jumping over the Grand Canyon or he's yeah. jumping over a big gap, right? Yeah. Well, if you don't if you're not moving fast enough, you fall into the chasm and you never get to the other side, right? If you if you go the best way to go is to go really really fast and then jump onto a high platform on the other side okay and that would be you have a lot of hype but then your product meets the hype expectation and you can right. think of the the height of the motorcyclist as the um as 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 like satisfaction right so in the beginning there's like people don't have they have very low expectations right but you're meeting those expectations, right? The product sucks, but it's also early and everyone knows it, right? But what you gotta do is you gotta build all this steam. So 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 height is satisfaction, velocity is in for the biker in this case would <laughs> velocity would be the amount of hype. Okay. So the biker is going down the ramp, building up speed. Okay? And then all of a sudden he jumps goes down the hill, going up the hill, and jumps the gap, right? If if you set these really high expectations with all this hype, but then the product itself kind of sucks and you've oversold, now he's like in the middle of the air, he's crossed the gap, but then he like falls really, really far and really, really hard on the other side, right? Did, does that, and do so you... then he might just crash and just like explode. So. Is, but if you have a if your pedestal's a little higher up, you cross the gap and then you can kind of keep going on your way. All right, I have a question though. Yeah. I mean, my impression of of you know a startup has this idea, innovative breakthrough product or service. My impression is that you know they don't that that my impression is that these curves and everything else are all applied afterwards to analyze what happened, but are not necessarily, you know, people are, are, are mapping the curves, you know, ahead of time and decide making decisions about the product and how they're, you know, what they're uh, going to do. I'm sure there are marketing people who do. It's, it's also a lot easier on something that has a little bit of a longer curve. A hit, yeah. So if you look like at, at an app, right? Like the curves for apps, especially with hype, sometimes it's like a week or two weeks. Like you're just like flying through these parts of the cycle, right? Where like Pokemon Go, where it's like you go from from like innovator to early adopter in like a couple days or yeah. like a day or two. And yeah. even within, by the end of the week, you're into mainstream. But right? can you're, you, is that predict the early majority. But that's not even predictable. How do we know? Is there any way to know? I mean, just the concept of an app, just the idea that there are apps. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when apps did not exist. I mean, software existed. Yeah. The web existed. Yeah. Websites existed. Apps did not exist. Not really. So just the concept that of an app, you know, that happened really quickly mm -hmm. i still feel like there's innovations and technology that come at us out of the blue and and really take over 
and but see but it, it's only the blue to you to the people who are on the ground floor or if it's something they're really excited about they've known about it for you know a, a relatively long period of time hmm. right that's that's the whole point is that what's something what's a product that you're really in tune with that that you that you're like an early adopter on or even an innovator me personally yeah uh, about anything I was definitely an innovator and an early adopter of uh, what we now call, for instance, e-learning. Okay, right. So, like, so, like, to you, the idea that you take a video course online, like, they've been around for forever. You've known about it. You probably know all the major players in the last couple of years, right? Oh, I was working on this in the nineteen eighties. Right. So, right, so so you know, but to someone else who's never done it, all of a sudden mm. they look and it looked like it, it just came like out it. of nowhere. And in fact, it was very slow, very slow, right. very slow in terms of technology, very slow in terms of mm. adoption. Yeah. And that's well, interesting. Okay. And that's yeah, just so, because I was involved in it that I saw how the snail's pace it was moving at. Right, right. Right. But then, but again, it's right. The way those curves work is that once, like once you start building up steam and especially hype, like it's just exponential growth. Well, and a lot of, all right. In that example, you just gave the, the slowness really was a factor of, um, well, probably a couple of things, but one of them was the technology, Mm -hmm. which until we had really fast internet speeds that everyone could access that was just you know keeping it at bay so you're so the curve for that mimics a lot more of the curve of electric cars they had it all mm-hmm. down but yeah. they were limited by, by batteries that, by the battery life yeah and so they just couldn't make a good car and so now we're just at the point where now batteries like internet speeds are starting to get um, mainstream enough and cost effective enough that you can start having all this adoption. Well, I think this is really fascinating, and and I would like personally to to study this more. This is, seems like an interesting intersection between technology and economics and data analysis and marketing and uh, user experience and you know, psychology and behavioral science and everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, people can definitely think about, you know, um, but you can use this for anything. If you're trying to build, um, if you're trying to build any kind of product or service, um, think about your, think about the curves. Because we talk about technology, we've been talking about technology, but you can use this for any kind of, you know, if you're starting a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, and you're trying to yeah. make it, you're trying to break into the, you know yeah. the mainstream yeah um right you got you got to build hype to to break in but and so but but you know it's easy when your product is so good that you can live up to the hype without trying right but if your product is maybe you know is good but is not like the you know like you know amazing like nothing yeah. anyone's ever seen it's hard to break into the mainstream, and sometimes the only way to do that is to just have a crazy amount of hype. Yeah, interesting. Right, and that's and then and then and then once you're in, then you kind of have more time 
to buy and then you and then you're a player right and then you can kind of try and compete with everyone else but the only way to get there is to just ramp your hype up like crazy and so that's why i think you have a lot of pride that's why like every tech thing these days is like yeah announcing we've made the greatest thing in the history of mankind technology will never be the same announcing the iphone 7 which is the same as the other one except a little faster but we took the courage to get rid of the headphone jack (laughs) right like everything just is like crazy hyped um but you know but that that helps that helps really build awareness in the mainstream um so all right well i i'm gonna i'm gonna study some curves i may go go look at some curves of some of our uh some of my favorite technology and see what it was like can you just for um before we close here do you want to just mention again in case people want to go look these up what the curves were that you were talking about yeah so just go to google images or just search for the s curve of innovation the s curve of innovation that was the last one we talked about technology adoption curve that was the first one Everett Rogers in, in his book, Diffusion of Innovations. That was the first one we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, uh, it's it's the Gartner um, innovation curve, I think. What's the, what's the, hold on. It's like the. That was the one that have, had all the cool names, like the slope of enlightenment. Yeah. Um, that's the, uh, the hi- it, hype cycle for emerging technologies. Hype cycle, okay. Yeah, that was written in a blog post in 2010 by Gardner. Okay. Uh, um, and then uh, I think I think that's I think, I think that's, that's the ones we talked I think about. Those are the ones we talked about. Well, Guthrie, this has been great fun. Uh, and and thank you for um, making me do an on the spot explanation of the of standard deviation <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't prep you for that uh and on next on our on next week's episode i will walk you through the analysis of variance well i would like an i would like analysis uh, an explanation of ols ordinary least squares oh okay well that'll be the, the episode after the, the one honestly i, I don't exactly remember how to calculate ols or what it does it's like it's like um you basically it's like you take I think you take like the, and I'm totally on the spot. I think you take like the, uh, like the square root okay. of the standard deviation just, or something. Just, just, just stop. We'll, 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 we'll save that for a future episode when you can like, you know, get prepared. We really should do a whole thing on um, P and T distributions because oh my they're God. really important. And, and, and know it and R squared and like people don't know what they are. And lose like, our entire audience. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll sneak it in the middle when they don't know it's coming. I like I like saying this stuff because then it makes me sound smart. So. Uh huh. Well, uh, what do we want to remind people about, Guthrie? If you want us to speak at your event, email us at info at the teamw.com. Okay. We're booking stuff for 2017 now. We are. Yeah, and um, we have a little bit of space, maybe in before the. 2016 is done so yeah go to the com. you can list it our look at our big course list um i'm actually i'm quite reasonably priced 
if you want to book me. Susan's expensive, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm and very reasonable. And he's actually pr- very good. He's getting some good ratings in his speeches. So, so book him now before the price goes up. <laughs> hype, 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 hype. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, tell t- tell this to one of your friends. Uh, I don't us, know. We just on we, iTunes. We just we just want to help people. And we have um, we have courses at the you can check our courses out at courses at the teamw.com. Again, questions and comments, email us at info at the teamw.com, and uh, we'll keep uh, we'll we'll keep the events coming. Again, if you haven't listened to our older episodes, they're great. Go listen to them. They're generally not time dated, so there's no reason there should be as good as anything else. Um, if you're looking for more content, and this is I mean we're still it's still pretty early in our podcast history, but this is episode I think like 27 or something. So yeah. All right. Um, Susan, thanks. Yeah. I will talk to you soon. And uh, to all everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, Bye now. Bye for now. And uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Bye.